This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Franchise Tag. I'm your host, Eric. I'm with Matt, Chris, both in the house today. Chris isn't next to me today. He's uh, laying on the bed today. He's going to be the voice in the back. I am so excited. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Matt, good to see you again. Yeah, Glad to have you. you back on the show. Thanks for having it's me. It's been again. a while. When was the last time you were here, by the way? I I want to say March. March? Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. So it's been a couple months. Yeah, it's been a couple months. But we're better than ever. Football's coming up soon. It's officially 99 days until the regular season. Uh, I'm very excited. It's going to be the 100th season of the NFL. It's been a big offseason. Uh, oh, wait, what happened? It's been a big offseason. Oh, yeah, definitely a big offseason. A lot of big, a lot of free agent moves, and there's probably going to be a lot left because there's a giant list of players that are still free agents. And I went over this last episode. I'll touch on it again. But, again, I'm excited about the NFL coming up soon. But to kind of stray away from football a little bit because not, lo- not a lot of news came out this week, um, I just wanted to talk about some NBA. So it's the, the stage is set. Um, game one of the NBA Finals will be set in Toronto, uh, Raptors, Golden State Warriors. I just wanted to get your guys' opinion on this series coming up. Um, do you think it's going to be a clean sweep, basically, by the Golden State Warriors? Or do you think, you know, Toronto, since, you know, pretty much it, it's a it's a great city, and Kawhi's over there now. They finally made it past the first round. They don't have DeMar DeRozan anymore, so we kind of give them that little extra push to make it through the playoffs. But now, since it's Toronto's first NBA Finals, you pretty much are going to have the whole country of Canada uh, behind those guys um, instead of just one city. And I always tend to forget that. Um, and so pretty much when that first game is going to be in Toronto, it's just going to be screaming everywhere. It's going to sound like Arrowhead on like Thursday night football. It's going to be extremely insane. Do you guys think that has a factor in this NBA finals? And do you think Kawhi and Kyle Lowry and Siakam and all these guys, Van Vliet, who's having a fantastic playoff push uh, coming off the bench as being a six man. Do you think that's going to push them uh, to possibly make a pretty good run in this playoffs? Do you think they at least get two games in? To answer your first question, I, I don't think it's going to be a clean sweep. I'm going to say Warriors in six. In you think it's, I actually think the same exact thing. Warriors I was in that six. Today. Yeah, Warriors yeah. in six. So that pretty much means you guys don't think it's going to be a sweep. No. Uh, which which isn't a bad thing at all because I really want to see a really like pretty nice playoff push here by the Raptors because, you know, we usually see LeBron versus the Warriors each and every year. And this year I was kind of expecting the Bucks to make the uh, – uh, the NBA Finals, and it didn't happen. But I feel like this is much more interesting because now we're going to see Drake on the sidelines each and every game. Uh, do you think Game 1 in Toronto will give uh, the Raptors a, a really good chance at winning that first game? And if they do, um, do you think that really gives them an edge? Because the second they set foot um, in Oracle Arena, it's just going to be Golden State Warriors. It's not going to be pretty. It's definitely not going to be pretty. Um, I, I think they take the first game, actually. I think they take the first, lose three straight nab the fifth and then the Warriors clean it up in sixth yeah I think so too which is a shame you know this is the Warriors fifth straight NBA finals um and they don't even have Kevin Durant um he's been out for a couple games they've been six and oh without Kevin Durant do you think if the Warriors end up taking this whole series and it's rumored that Kevin Durant might even might not even come back um to finish the series do you think he's just going to pack his bags and go or do you think there's still a chance he sticks around or is he already out of there I think he's going either way he, uh, he's made that abundantly clear, um, especially with uh, the report of him selling his Bay Area home and buying a home in New York. Not saying he's going to the Knicks, but the fact that he's getting rid of that house is a, is a big sign. Because p- buying a house can mean anything. That could be a vacation home. That could be an intended residence. But I think 
you know, packing up your things and leaving your home in the Bay Area and getting away from Oakland, San Fran, I, I think that's a sure sign that he's out of there. What are the actual chances him and Kyrie, let alone, not, let's leave out Kyrie for a second. How much do you think are the chances of Kevin Durant setting foot in Madison Square Garden next year? Uh... I I wouldn't say bad. They're not bad, but I mean, I I just I don't I don't see it. I I don't think they're bad though. I wouldn't say it's one of those things that's, you know, if it happens, I'm gonna be like, oh wow, didn't see that coming. Very surprised, but I just don't. I don't know. I this just, is honestly to me one of those scenarios where, uh, the Knicks kind of just hype up their situations yeah. to the point where you know we thought we were going to get Zion we end up with the third pick and possibly going to get RJ Barrett with the third pick and our hopes were to get Zion and then when Zion comes it even inclines Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to come even more and I saw this Instagram picture and honestly this is exactly what's going to happen with the Knicks right they're going to get Terry Rozier and um and one of the the I think it's Markeith Morris who's going to be a free agent after being with the Thunder and that I feel like that's exactly what's going to happen we're not even going to get any of those guys um but you know, back back to the NBA Finals for a second. Um, honestly, man, I'm I'm excited to see Kawhi play. He's having a fantastic playoff push as well. The the Raptors are really clicking on all cylinders, and this is gonna be the first time in a very long time of a player in of that caliber in Kawhi Leonard, who's top three player. And it's honestly up in the air for me to say if Kevin Durant or Kawhi is uh, second in the league and like, best player, um, but. Uh, the fact that Kawhi is going to be leaving after this year, what are the chances he even stays? Because to me, he fits perfectly in a Raptors uniform. I think he really clicks with those guys. But honestly, he's a really good player, so obviously everyone's going to stick with him, and he's just going to play basketball the way he should be playing. And it's almost like people forgot how good he is since uh, that incident with the Spurs occurred where he kind of basically demanded a trade to get out of there. Um, but I'm going to look, I'm going to get the odds in a second. I'm going to pull that up. But apparently the Clippers at the highest, highest odds of grabbing him. Apparently he has no interest in playing with the Lakers. Uh, if they, that doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me at all either. I feel like everyone's going to Lakers each and every year. It's always been like that. But do you think he actually, as soon as the series ends, if he lose, if he loses, and which I definitely think he probably will be, um, he's immediately out of there and he automatically signs with a different team? Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like he, I feel like he kind of was sh- showing he wasn't very satisfied being with the Raptors. And then as the season kind of went on, obviously things started to click because now they're in the NBA Finals. But I don't know. I feel like he he definitely it definitely shows that him being there made a huge impact. He, and he's the humongous impact. He became the greatest Raptor of all time in one season. Exactly. So I mean, I feel like if they had gone, if they had just done good. I feel like this decision would have been a little bit easier. He would have just been like, okay, I'm out. But I feel like now that they made it to the finals and they're having so much success, it might be a little bit harder for him to just pack his bags and leave. I honestly hope he stays because he's got to think about his scenario for a second. If you go over to the West, which he's trying to do, he's trying to go to an L.A. team or you know, pretty, pretty much yeah. an L.A. team. I don't think there's even other options that he's looking for at this point. But you go to the West and, again, the way the Golden State Warriors are playing without Kevin Durant, whether he decides to leave or not, you're going to be losing each and every year again. And what doesn't really make sense to me is you're on a Raptors team. If you stick with them and you sign a long-term deal with those guys, you're going to be taking the East for the next couple of years, especially if the Sixers don't put it together and they've had a pretty good year and they got knocked out of the playoffs by them. And, you know, if you continue to play the way you've been playing and you stick with that team, regardless if you're in Toronto, and I know it's cold in the wintertime, there's nothing to do there, 
But for the betterment of your NBA career, I'd say stick there. But if you want to get your money and play somewhere that's warm, because I think he's from L.A., if I'm not mistaken, he's going to want to go there, and he's not going to win any games. But it's honestly up to him. I'd rather him stay in a Raptors uniform if well, it yeah, were up to I, me. What I think is going to happen is if he stays with the Raptors, he's going to be like that, the face of that team. But I feel like if he goes somewhere in L.A., if because that's what he's hinting, they're going to get somebody else as well, and he's going to be more of sharing that that image of the team. He's not going to be the face of the team. Honestly, I think if he goes to the Clippers, I think he's going to be the face of that team. But if he goes somewhere like the Lakers, which he was eyeing before he got traded, uh, which I'm not sure why he was picking a team to go to if the circumstances are you're going to be traded, um, he's going to have to play with LeBron. He's going to have to be in the place where now that's the official team in the NBA that you know, you know, they're going to have trouble getting some free agents. Did you guys hear this story uh, that came out with Rob Palenka and Kobe Bryant? He made up a, com- a completely, like, odd story about him. Um, so pretty much he, uh, <laughs> he, was, uh, he was saying, uh, I heard this on the radio, he actually played the audio. Um, but apparently he said, like, oh, I remember this time where, you know, Kobe Bryant was really, like, locked in and he was making a, you know, he was having a pretty solid year and he wanted to win another championship. And he made a, and pretty much he, he saw the movie The Dark Knight as everyone did and um, he thought Heath Ledger um, was such a good joker he, he wanted to have a dinner with him and he ended up having a dinner with him uh, t- talking about like how locked, he, locked in he was playing the role and what, what made him be so focused and this was after the movie came out Heath Ledger died six months before the movie was released so he completely made up a story about that he completely made up a story about Kobe Bryant. So now you have that guy who is a blatant liar. <laughs> um, oh, luckily, it wasn't a lie about any of the players on the team currently. But um, there's been a lot of people coming out, like uh, behind-the-scenes staff people who come out anonymously saying, I think one of the coaching staff people came out, I think it was a reporter on ESPN, that said uh, when they first started signing these one-year deals with these guys like Michael Beasley, Rajon Rondo, Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee they said why are we signing all these head cases and we're not making actual moves so they do that not all the moves were the worst thing in the world but you do that and you couldn't even get the trade to get Anthony Davis in the middle of the season you basically were going to trade away your whole uh young core to get this guy and now they're going to try to make a push for him in uh you know in free agency and now that Magic Johnson left in that meantime he stepped down uh Rob Palenka is still there and he's starting to look like the guy that you know, not everyone's going to be able to trust. And the, Tyron Lue didn't even want to be the coach there when it was already locked in. He backed out last second. And, you know, LeBron is, you know, he's saying everything he has to say as an NBA player where you have to say you're happy where you're at. But who knows how he actually feels. Um, do you think that this is a team that's just going to be the la- laughing stock of the league if they don't end up signing these players in free agency? I mean, I feel like it's not very ideal. I feel like it's it's... I don't know. I feel like it's back and forth because obviously you have LeBron James who is one of the better players in the NBA and possibly the best right now. Yeah. But you also have some baggage that comes along with him and that, you know, there's been a lot of drama where he's been. There's been a lot of people that get fired or traded where he's been and there's a lot of problems. Because he makes the moves there. Exactly. He did that in Cleveland. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. He where kept Tyron Lue because Tyron Lue wasn't coaching. It was LeBron from the Exactly. Plays. So that's what I'm saying. Where he's been, there has also been many issues so I feel like if, you know, if, if you're trying to come in and be a real head coach and you're not trying to just take someone's take what someone says to you, you're not. That is the worst place you're going to land. You do not want to be there because you know that it's going to be like the LeBron show. That's you know that that's what it is. And yes, he's great talent. He's very talented. He has all this going for him. I feel like 
from that standpoint, it's going to be very hard. And I feel like from a like a teammate standpoint, if he's willing to just trade you away like you're nothing, you don't really want to. You go don't want to go there. Yeah. So exactly. I feel like that he he kind of caused an issue there. So obviously, it's been said already that you know Kawhi is not looking to go there. Apparently, Stephen A. Smith talked to uh, you know friends closest to Kyrie, and they said he's basically not even committing to LA at all, even though. Uh, LeBron James has come out and tried been tampering to try to get him over there. Um, not sure how successful we'll be with that. I honestly think Kyrie is like locked into New York, whether it's Brooklyn or uh, the Knicks, and just the Knicks' luck, he'll probably go to Brooklyn. Um, but Anthony now Anthony Davis, I, I really don't think you end up signing that guy if those guys aren't willing to come. I know you need a superstar, but it's kind of like I, I don't mean to compare it in this way, but in Cleveland, LeBron made a big push to get. Kevin Love and you know even though that was a lot of star power towards the end of his you know second stint with the Cavaliers he was already like I'm out because they were making trades like mid-season to get Jordan Clarkson and and um and Lance uh wait what was his name that's wow I'm blanking on his name uh what's his name Larry Nance there we go Larry Nance Jr. they made trades for him and uh, I was thinking Lance Stevenson, but Lance Stevenson. yeah, no, not right. Um, and he basically was out after that. So if do you think it's going to be the same scenario? And I'm not saying Kevin Love is equally as good as Anthony Davis because he's not. But um, you bring him over, do you think that changes everything at all? Like, because again, he has this young core, and they're pretty solid players. Everyone loves Kyle Kuzma. You know, Lonzo Ball was kind of a question mark each and every year. Um, and then Brandon Ingram, he actually, his career might be cut short because of that blood clot that apparently he has. And that was the same, like the same thing Chris Bosch had in the end of his career, um, when he didn't want it to end yet. So, you know, a lot of question marks there. Kyle Kuzma's a sure thing. LeBron's a sure thing, obviously. Um, but I'm not even sure what to think about this. Do you, do this Anthony Davis or is, is he basically already committed to go there? Cause I honestly don't see any other options for him. I don't think the Knicks get him either. I wouldn't say it's a sure thing. Um, that being said, he doesn't have many other options that seem too glamorous. Compared that's what to that. that's what I'm saying. I don't. I so don't it think... would make the most sense for him to end up there. It's just that, like, wh- like you were talking earlier about, like, all the possible uh, players that might end up there, and you said, like, oh, is it is this just gonna end up in a bust where they don't get any of these names that they want? I think when you have that many, uh, I guess, suitors would be the right word. You're you're just bound to land a few of them. You're not going to get all of them. You're not going to get none of them. Like, when you have that much interest surrounding your team, and of course you do, um, you're going to land at least a few of those. And, um, you know, it just makes sense considering the destination as it stands right now, who they have, who, like, all these people wanting to go to L.A., it just increases the interest in all the other free agents wanting to go exactly. to LA. Exactly. Yeah. I so it's kind of it's kind of like each everyone's in, interest hinges on each other's. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, mm-hmm. I mean that kind of, that's kind of what happened last year, but it didn't really go as successful as wanted because LeBron was going to LA and he was trying to bring what was it Kawhi and somebody else, right? He's trying to get Kawhi and he was tampering with Anthony Davis. They even they were they were even warned by the league not to tamper. Yeah. So with him. So he tried to do that last year. And then he committed, and then they didn't follow. So I feel like that was... He they was also tried to get Paul George. Yeah, Paul, that was the other guy. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. He was trying to get other people with him. And, and it didn't happen. And it didn't happen. And I just, honestly, I'm kind of... It's getting old. I'm kind of sick of... 
I mean, I'm going to use LeBron just because we're on the topic of it, but I'm sick of seeing these team, like these players jump around from team to team and trying to like build a whole super team and everything. Like I'm sick of seeing it because then every year, like what you said, you know, it's been the Warriors and LeBron going back and forth with each other. And this year the Warriors are still in it, but it's a new team. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit more interesting. Like everybody, we're all suspecting the Warriors are still going to win, but it's a new, it's a different scene, and it's nice because in the last four or so years, it's been the same teams, and it's been frustrating. Yeah, you're gonna see come game one uh, tomorrow. Uh, you're gonna see one of the biggest viewerships probably in finals history, just because Toronto is their first time playing yep. there. It's their first NBA Finals, um, and honestly, isn't that insane that we got to see the best of the best, the best shooter in the game, Stephen Stephen Curry, probably one of the second best shooters in the game, Clay Thompson. Um, and you got to see LeBron James and his team, the underdogs who, you know, they ended up, ended up winning a championship, bringing it to Cleveland. And they get, we got to see that for how many times did they make it into the playoffs? Like those, like, I mean, those guys in the finals, like four or five, like, four, straight, uh, a, a ton. Right. Yeah. And people are just tired of watching it by then. Now you're going to get viewership from people who aren't even the casual NBA fan watching just because Toronto's in it and LeBron's not in it. You really want to see these guys play. And I think that's insane. So to go back to Kawhi, I'm, pretty much, I'm trying to bring it full circle, but it's kind of hard to just because we're kind of talking about the Lakers a little bit. But here are his uh, chances, um, odds to sign, uh, teams' odds to sign with Kawhi Leonard. Where are these odds from? Uh, it came out from Bleacher Report, but I think it was actually from Vegas. Mm. Uh, so Clippers have minus 200. Raptors plus 125, so... Doesn't look like he's going back. Knicks plus two eighty, which definitely isn't going to happen. Warriors don't know where this came no. from. Plus three twenty, and wow. then Lakers plus nine hundred. Not a chance. Not Warriors, a chance. Warriors, wow. Not a chance. Yeah, I don't know why the Warriors are on this list. I don't think that's happening. I'd but, be very surprised. But yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, but again, like I mentioned before, it's it's uh one of the first time to- one of the first times in NBA history a player of this caliber is leaving a team after making it to the finals. Yeah. And that's gonna be crazy. And it's crazy how this league changes each and every year. Um, and I feel now like the drama of each offseason just building on. Well, it kind of just it yeah. kind of. I think there wasn't much drama. I think previously before Kevin Durant signed with the Warriors, maybe drama is co- the wrong word. But like, and especially NBA offseasons a few years ago, they weren't this exciting. No, 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 not at all. Honestly, Kevin Durant changed that whole aspect of everything. Yeah. It's kind of like wherever one player goes, apparently that's the next step to getting to the NBA Finals to ver- to try to knock out. The Golden State Warriors are trying to go up against them. That's been what's what it's been like for the past couple of years, and it's crazy how one move like that can change everything. Um, if he leaves, and I've said this multiple times, if he ever comes to the Knicks, which again, you get your hopes up, it's just not going to happen. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. He's not going to sign there. Um, apparently, the Nets are making a big run for them. So watch the Nets just land everyone the Knicks wish they got. Um, but if he goes to the Knicks and he gets the he he gets some to an eight seed, his jersey's going in the rafters like the first year, like automatically. Yeah, and that's just crazy how much of an impact he could have another team. Honestly, if we can give him that max contract, um, as a Knicks fan myself, um, I think now it's the it's the best time of his career right now to go get your money. He's been taking you know pay cuts each and every year to try to get some championships with, um, the Warriors, um. But you know now they're again like I mentioned before they're six and zero go in the playoffs right now without him he might as well sit out the rest of the series because if once if he once he comes back it's gonna be even more of a wrap for the Raptors pretty much yeah yeah um you guys have anything else to add on the NBA 
because honestly, I've never talked that long about NBA in my life. I think we covered the basics. (laughs) Covered the basics. Uh, But yeah, tomorrow, uh, Thursday night, uh, Game 1, NBA Finals, Raptors, Warriors. Should be a good series. So to move forward here, I just wanted to talk about um, a video I posted recently on the Franchise Tag Sports Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, Cheap plug, go uh, subscribe to that. I posted a video and... It was one of our segments about Bobby Wagner, right? And so Bobby Wagner has been showing up to OTAs, but he's been sitting out um, to try to make a statement to Pete Carroll and management and everything like that to the front office to see if he can get his um, you know, contract that he wants to match up with C.J. Mosley. Again, we spoke about this last week. I received a comment um, on the video, which has since been deleted. I had nothing against the comment. It was the video. I couldn't match up the audio as properly as I could because... I didn't get the audio to sink in after we took a break for ads and stuff like that. But my point is the comment said you guys need to do your research about salary caps because they're going to have $78 million in cap space next year, which isn't bad. They're going to be among the top 10 teams, so it was a good pointer there. But the next thing he said was, it's honestly a matter of fact, um, it, it depends if the Seahawks like the player or if they want to or they want to let him go. Like if they're more money-oriented or they want to sign him. Second I read that, I actually responded to it before I deleted it, but here's what I said. I said, have you not noticed they've let go of multiple players in the past years? They could have kept Richard Sherman if they wanted to, and they didn't. Um, they could have kept Frank Clark, but they didn't. But and, and so you get rid of those guys, and those are prime examples that the Seahawks are probably a team that value more of their money than the actual players. Because, again, Legion of Boom was already falling apart. It's gone. It's pretty much gone. And Bobby Wagner is one of the last guys, of like, you know, since Russell Wilson has been drafted. I think that was that same draft. And they're still together. And, and What a draft. Yeah, and I, I know, right? And I even mentioned um, that, you know, Bobby Wagner is probably going to end up staying. But, be, like, literally at the end of the video, the last thing I said, you're going to have to keep that guy because you lost Frank Clark, so you don't have to juggle around with some money. You're going to sign Bobby Wagner regardless um, I just didn't want that to be taken out of context. I think Bobby Wagner's a phenomenal player, and I think with that salary cap money that they're going to use on Bobby Wagner, um, he should be fine. He should be able to stay. Even Pete Carroll said this is his best move right now is to be sitting out waiting for this contract because it's probably going to happen. But my issue with the whole thing, which is why I was probably taken out of context, is that you know, uh, what's his name? C.J. Mosley set a new market for linebackers, and we talked about that. $17 million per year? He shouldn't even be, p- be paid that much money. But you pay that guy amount of money because it's next guy up in the NFL, especially with quarterbacks. But for linebackers, that doesn't happen each and every day. He sets a new market, and now Bobby Wagner's like, "Where's my money? I want that exact money. He's I'm better. Ju- I'm better than him." Justified in saying that he is better than him. He's Bobby, way better than him. Bobby Wagner has an argument for the best linebacker in the NBA. NBA, NBA. NFL. Yeah, too much NBA today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but but yeah, you're not wrong there. I, I love Bobby Wagner, and he's probably gonna get his money now. He's one of the last people there. I honestly don't think he's going to be leaving, but. My my point was that there's a new market and that's going to still kill their cap regardless because when you want to bring in new players, you have Tyler Lockett on a four-year, $40 million contract. And now he's your number one receiver because Doug Baldwin's gone. So, Chris, I don't know what you thought of that when we first got that comment. but Well, I mean, uh, the other thing is, too, is like, yeah, you, as it was mentioned, they have a lot of cap space. But they're also, you know, they're going to be drafting players. There's going to be a big free agency. And as we mentioned... 
the next guy up. So everyone's going to be demanding these contracts. It's not going to be just Bobby Wagner. It's going to be if they want to kind of build like a Legion of Boom 2.0 and get new guys in the secondary and new guys as their pass rushers, they're going to have to pay. Yeah, guys like Keekly aren't even being paid that amount of money. Exactly, and that money is going to go fast. you have the the injury issues. Yeah, injury issues, obviously, but... That's a worry with each. That's a worry with every player. Uh, for Bobby Wagner, however, he plays almost all the time, and I don't think he's ever been out from injury, especially this year. Did he play all sixteen games this year? Please to my say, knowledge, I'm, I'm not, not sure. Not sure about that. One. But yeah, he's gonna get his money. I just, you know, obviously yeah. the Seahawks' salary cap is going to be much higher because they don't have enough. They don't have these players to pay. Frank Clark yeah. got 105.5 million dollars from the Chiefs, dude. So that was I'm, a mistake uh, by them. They should have just held on to D Ford. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. They pretty much just traded spots with every team now. Yeah. And now the real winner out of all this is the 49ers because now they have Nick Bosa and D. Ford um, and DeForest Buckner and, you know, all those guys. Filthy. Yeah, very filthy defense. Uh, speaking of Nick Bosa, by the way, so Nick Bosa has a grade one hamstring strain, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to pull that up in a second. Um, but now he's probably going to be out for the remainder of OTAs. He should be back um, before preseason. That being said, uh, you know, the Bosa family have a weird, you know, especially with the brothers, they have a a significant history with injuries. Mind you, if you, and anyone doesn't remember, if, I guess you've been living under a rock, Nick Bosa sat out for the remainder of his senior, um, uh, senior season uh, in Ohio State. Uh, I think only played five games before just sitting out, um, getting ready for the uh, NFL draft. And that just shows how good you are if you if you could sit out and still be drafted number one. Um, but now he's injured again, and it's a worry for him midseason to be sitting out because Joey Bosa as well was out for a pretty good chunk of the season last year, and he made it back before the playoffs. Uh, do you think the 49ers should be worried about his injury troubles um, especially coming out of college, where he was initially injured, and now he comes in with a hamstring strain. Not necessarily. It's still very early. Um, th- these types of injuries don't necessarily last that long for the most part. Um, obviously, it's a concern when your first-round pick, especially such a high pick, is uh, you know, is showing injury concerns. But uh, at the end of the day, I don't think they have much to worry about. Uh, just looking at what Joey Bosa has been doing in uh, well, uh, L.A. and first year San Diego. Yeah, defensive he, uh, rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, sure. Like, he's, especially with him being a great player. But he's had several injuries over the past couple of years. He's been in the NFL, and he they haven't you know, sidelined him. They haven't really put a damper on his play when he is there. Um, I, I think that I think those two, you know. Yeah, definitely Very not. Similar. Yeah, definitely not to be, like you know. He'll be able to come back from injury and not have it affect his play too much. I don't think they should be too worried about that. I think it's just the availability that you you want to be concerned about. Yeah, and definitely not putting down Nick Bosa by any means because he's a phenomenal player. I'm just saying I don't want him to come into this season with a phenomenal defense that they're going to have um, with the supporting cast now that Jimmy Garoppolo is back. Jarek McKinnon should be back too. Um, on offense, so the, and so those guys will keep you on, keep them on the field a little longer, give them some rest. Uh, but now you have D Ford again, like I mentioned, DeForest Buckner, and who else am I missing? I'm always missing one person in the draft. They have Solomon Thomas. Right? Solomon Thomas, that's yeah. the guy I was missing. So even better, 
and you have those guys on the line, and you really want to see all those guys play and click together because, again, D. Ford's coming in from a Chiefs team that was so close to making the Super Bowl to a team now that really has to prove their worth um, with all these talented guys. I just don't want them to want him to come into the season injured and, you know, misses the first couple games and he's back for the next two and gets hurt again and, like, re-injures something. I just, hope, I just don't want his career to start off like that because, again, a player that was projected number one before, you know, Kyler Murray was taken off the board, which he still to this day I think he should have been taken number one. Um, but, yeah, I, I just I really hope, you know, Nick Bosa plays. I want to see this guy play in the NFL. You brought up an, uh, an interesting point, and you reminded me, reminded me when you talked about McKinnon. Uh, nothing big news, just, I guess, fantasy-wise, you can take account as of right now. It was said that Tevin Coleman is looked to be as the number one back. Yeah, I actually did a mock draft the other day. He was yeah. way ahead of Jarek McKinnon. That's what I'm saying. So, no, they had um, Brietta McKinnon and Tevin Coleman, and we uh, a few weeks ago weren't really sure what they were going to do with all three of them. But it seems to be uh, that Tevin Coleman is really going to be that number one running back. So, some fantasy tips, I guess. So, speaking of fantasy, again, like I mentioned before, I did a mock draft the other day just to kind of, you know, I was just trying to do it for fun, see what's going on because. Right now, automatically, if you're the number one pick in the draft, and you're you're going to take Saquon Barkley right right off the board, first pick. Yeah, probably safe so. to say. Yeah. Where would you guys put David Johnson coming into this year? Ninth or tenth? Yeah, you're gonna say. Really? Are you saying mm. overall pick or like in terms of running backs? What spot would I have? like running backs? Like who? like ranked running like, are backs. You gonna, who are you gonna take next? Kamara, Todd Gurley is gonna be questionable all season long. Yeah. Like I don't think he's gonna be yeah. considered healthy. You know, with that I, green dot I think for the whole I, year. I think, I think I'd feel comfortable taking Gurley at like four or five overall. Honestly, I, I'd pass up on him this year. I'd take Camaro over him. I mean, I'd take Camaro over him just because you know you you don't have the injury concerns. But would you take David Johnson over Todd Gurley? Mm, no, no, I would not. I would. Take... I disagree because I feel like Kyler Murray, he's a different dynamic type running back, and he still had a decent year, but he was the type of year where. It was kind of like Leonard Fournette, where you have 15 carries, 40 yards, two touchdowns. Like, he had that kind of year. And maybe not two touchdowns, that might be a bit of a stretch. Maybe one touchdown. Um, but honestly, I think he's going to have a fantastic year. They didn't upgrade their line. We mentioned this all the time. Cardinals didn't have the best draft in the world, other than getting Kyler Murray first pick overall. But I think it's just going to add a different dynamic, and I think uh, Cliff Kingsbury has a different plan for him coming in now. Um, I think he's gonna. they're going to be very running back heavy. I think they're going to throw the ball a lot also with Kyler Murray. Um, but when it comes to being in the red zone, I think they're going to use David Johnson. I like him coming into this year. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Carol. And we're the hosts of Retro Late Fee. We are stuck in 1994. And we can't get out. <laughs> we're watching all the movies and TV shows that you probably remember, I guess. Somehow we're speaking to you through some kind of time portal. Right. Uh, join us every week for great movies and TV shows from 25 years ago. <laughs> it's fun, I swear. So uh, what what number would you have had him at? Honestly, I would take Saquon Barkley off the board. Uh, Alvin Kamara comes off second. If Todd Gurley falls into my lap, I, I would take him. But honestly, I really like David Johnson coming into this year. Like It's going to be one of those years for me in fantasy. You're going to go with the guys that have been reliable to you this whole time. Yeah. I know, and... You know, it sucks that, you know, David Johnson had to go through that year where he, he missed the entire year because of his, his arm. But that dude, he's been putting in work because it's not it wasn't an ACL injury or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, I know it's absurd for me to say not to take uh, 
Todd Gurley, but we spoke about this. It, w- it was a little, you know, up and down towards the end of uh, the season because CJ Anderson comes in and tears it up because, you, you know, Todd Gurley couldn't really get out there on the field because apparently he had like knee arthritis or mm-hmm. something. And, you know, they lose CJ Anderson now, but I don't know, man. What about, I, want to, um, I, want I have to- two guys that I'm, I'm interested in what you have to say about. The first one is Zeke. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Zeke. What about him? I would put him ahead of Todd Gurley, too. And then the second one is... So, uh, I think it's Barkley. I'm gonna, Again, I don't Bar- have the list in front Barkley, of me. I'd Barkley, Kamara, Zeke, and then Gurley. I'd put David Johnson there, and I'd then Todd Gurley. Gurley. I think it's, a, I think it's, a, I think it's a, a coin flip as to who we, you want to take. We haven't seen David much out of David Johnson in a while. It's been Not like two while, seasons, no. maybe. Yeah. Two, yeah. three seasons. Uh, the other thing when that, he's on, he's but on. I, don't, I don't want people to forget about him, dude. Yeah, dude's the, a great the player. The other person that I'm curious about, and he had a, a pretty good season, I think, last year. And what, I'm how interested. do we feel? How do we feel about Le'Veon Bell? Le'Veon Bell, that was a weird pick for me. He wasn't available at my pick. I was choosing fourth out of eight teams because our league has eight players. Yeah. So I was trying to really get a feel as to who I'll have um, at that overall pick. But um, I'm iffy about him. Not gonna lie to you. Uh, especially with the Adam Gay situation where they got rid of Mike McCagnin and then apparently there was like a power struggle between the two. And apparently Le'Veon Bell comes out and says this, and again, every player has to say this, um, where you're you're confident in your coach, you're in commu- constant communication with them. But the big, the big reason that, you know, Adam Gase was kind of ridiculed after the firing is because he thought C.J. Mosley and Le'Veon Bell shouldn't have gotten that amount of money. And we've said it before, Le'Veon Bell took less money to go to the Jets because he just went out of Pittsburgh. And so, I don't know, that might be a weird relationship and who knows how his usage is going to be. But Yeah, I mean, I would he say... He should be fine, but he's not running behind one of the best offensive lines in the league anymore. Yeah, I would say they're they're correct, Mosley. He, he got overpaid, but Bell, I wouldn't say that. Um, put, then, that put that into consideration, though. This isn't, you know, David DeCastro or Villanueva or, uh, you know, Pouncey, any of those guys. Yeah. You're not running behind those guys anymore. You can't Foster. be as patient as you want. You know, Le'Veon, Patient, Bell. It's not going to happen this year. Dude's going to have to probably catch wheel routes out the backfield all the time. Yeah, and then um, the guy that I was going to mention before, what about Carryon Johnson? I feel like he's he, he's a sleeper. I feel like he could be okay. Uh, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't say he's him, a sleeper. I wouldn't put him in front of all these guys that we mentioned. But I'd say you know maybe a mid round. pick. I was gonna I'd say maybe him. you know you got like an established running back and then you need somebody as your second running back. I feel like he might still be available. So I'm gonna pull up the draft that I just had. Okay. By the way, one of the worst drafts I've ever been in because somehow I ended up with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers on the same team. Um, okay. So that happened. <laughs> Uh, but hold up here. ESPN fantasy draft results. Okay, so round one, first pick of the draft was Saquon Barkley. Second pick was Zeke Elliott. Third pick was Christian McCaffrey. Wow. You? That, that dude, no, no, no. I'm the fourth pick. Oh, I was like, I thought that was your whole team. I was like, wow. So for some reason, he jumped very high. I think Christian McCaffrey's going to have a phenomenal year because apparently Cam Newton may not even be ready for well, the first game of the season. he's had an injury with his shoulder. He had surgery, yeah. But he's had issues like... This has been a reoccurring injury, and they're trying to fix it, and they're hoping by him having surgery in this all past offseason, they're hoping it would uh, it would help. But but yes, Christian McCaffrey goes third. I'm fourth. I took Alvin Kamara. I'm a big. Okay. I'm high on Alvin Kamara this year. Uh, fifth, Melvin Gordon. So where would you put him among those guys? I'd put him. I'd put him behind Todd Gurley. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. I don't know. Right behind. 
but I'd put him behind Todd Gurley. I think he's a great player, but Melvin Gordon had a fantastic year this year. Yeah, he 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 had a great year. It's just it's so hard to count out Todd Gurley. That's the problem. Yeah, and then it's so hard. Right after the fifth pick, which is Melvin Gordon, was uh, the sixth pick, Todd Gurley. Seventh was Le'Veon Bell. This is where it took a turn. I didn't see this at first. I'm looking at it now. This is how I probably ended up with two court, two phenomenal quarterbacks. The eighth pick was Travis Kelsey. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, not not a good uh, pick at all. No. <laughs> but here's round two. So Julio Jones goes nine. Devontae Adams goes tenth. Uh, Interesting that Julio would be the first receiver off the board. Devontae Adams would be the first wide receiver off the board for me. He's not necessarily known as a fantasy receiver. I mean, the only no, thing that all. I could back that up with, which I agree with you, he's not really a fantasy receiver. The only thing I could back you up is that they have Dirk Cutter, and he played pretty well under him. So maybe... no, he'll no, he'll perform great. I I just don't. I think as far as fantasy point production wise, he's usually not. Well, he's... I think I think there are other receivers you you would seek first. Like, I mm-hmm. think I would, I think I would Odell, take Devon, I would go Devontae Adams. I think Odell and Landry are going to be pretty high off the board. I'm iffy for those guys. Really, I would take obviously Odell first, but he is yes. not going to be in consideration for me because I'd rather take a guy like Devontae Adams. I'd rather take a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Juju. Um, Antonio Brown's a little iffy this year. I'd take Keenan Allen probably. I had him this year. He had a pretty I, I, good year. I think DeAndre Hopkins has, has a good claim to be the first off the board. Probably. Yeah, I could see that. But in this case, in this draft, you got the 9th pick, Julio Jones, 10th pick, Devontae Adams, 11th, James Conner. Where does he rank among running backs that we've mentioned before? Do you think he's ahead of Christian McCaffrey? Do you think no. he's behind no, him? I wouldn't say he's ahead of McCaffrey. I'd say he's behind. I'd say he's comfortably at the top of the middle tier. Yeah, I think so. I think it, it's the safe pick you can make. If you're really juggling between wide receivers and running backs, I think you'd probably yeah. lean more towards James Conner if he's I, available. I feel like there are other RB1s that I'd pick before him, but he's kind of like, I guess, what we were saying with Carry on Johnson. Like, I feel like he would be, like, if I, I wouldn't pick him first in terms of running backs, but I wouldn't mind having him. But yeah. I wouldn't want him to be that number one and trust him as, like, my run uh, my point production running back yeah so the 12th pick was deandre hopkins i picked at the 13th pick michael thomas and i honestly think if a team ever ends up having michael thomas and alvin Kamara on the same team that's one of the best stacks you could probably ever have because honestly i think they put in that you know that same production every game it's like kind of the one-two punch kind of guys because it's pretty dangerous yeah, in fantasy to have two people on the same team. Because I had James Conner and Antonio Brown. In I, that. I don't know how the uh, how the Saints are going to do this year. That's the thing. I'm. I think that they obviously they have a lot of talent, and they've showed that within the past two years. They They'll made, make it back to the. They playoffs. made playoff runs. I'm going to tell I, you this. I think the Falcons take the division this year, and here's why: they play 13 games in a dome. The Saints are going to be playing a a first place schedule or second place schedule or something like that. Yeah. So I think well, the Falcons got the edge this year. Well, the other thing is too, is, uh, is that we were all injured last year. Our whole defense was injured. And if you go back and look, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm just trying to like, you know, back up your claim. I'm not sitting here and saying, you know, we're definitely going to take the division. I'm just kind of like backing up what you said. Um, our defense was injured basically the whole season. And when you have your best middle linebacker, your two safeties, you're having a, a pass rusher getting injured, your corners, like when you have issues like that, it's very hard to really get into a rhythm because guys keep changing and you keep learning new play styles as you go along because each player plays differently. Um, 
And there were some close games. I think we ended up 7-9 and nine last year. And there were some games that came down to the wire and our defense kind of ended up losing us the game. And we easily could have had, you know, two, three more wins. And I'm not saying we would have made a playoff push, but it would have been closer. So I feel like if we could stay healthy, and that's a big if, I feel like we have I think potential. If, if you guys can't win, regardless if you have injuries, 13 games in a dome, yeah, yeah you're going to have to win those games. Well, <laughs> I mean, I the would, other thing is, too, that... Teams would kill for that. The one thing that, that really points out to me that kind of helps us out is that we let go of Matt Bryant, and we have Tavecchio now. And by having him in a dome 13 games, that's wonderful. Yeah, Because definitely. I'm not saying that he's bad, but I'm just saying, you know, we were so reliant, and, you know, we, we would send Matt Bryant out there, and he would make basically every field goal. So it's kind of like we never had to worry about a kicker missing, kind of like how these playoff games have ended, or regular season games where they end on missed kicks. We didn't really have to worry about that. Now, by having a guy that is not as experienced and as you know, reassuring as Matt Bryant, it's good to know that we're going to have him in a dome because obviously it's easier to kick within a dome. So let me go over this draft a little more. Uh, I'm not sure how this happened, but 14th pick was Juju Smith-Schuster. This isn't the part that's weird to me. Uh, 15th is Antonio Brown, which, again, I would rank him much lower. But Keenan Allen goes 16th. Adam Thielen goes 17. I would pick him way ahead, probably way ahead of Antonio Brown this year. Thielen? Thielen, yeah, 100%. It's the second year for Kirk Cousins. Um, he has one year after that, so he's got a lot to prove this year. They drafted a uh, a center uh, in the first round, so mm-hmm. now they're very more oriented to have a better line. Even though one guy's not going to change anything, uh, Kirk Cousins still did ha- had some high usage rates for Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Um, I, I honestly, I would put Adam Thielen ahead well, of a lot I of guys. I mean, I would, I agree with you, but I would put him even higher up if the talks of trading. Uh, what's his name? Kyle Rudolph. If that actually, you know, establishes and becomes a thing, I would definitely put him higher up. Because Rudolph, I mean, he's not like as you mentioned before, where Travis Kelsey got picked at the eight spot. He's not gonna put in that production, but he's still a solid tight end in my eyes. So I feel like by having him, there's always that go-to guy. Whereas if you don't have really an established tight end, obviously your receivers are the go-to. And I feel like last season Thielen kind of started off very hot, and then he kind of like came back to reality. He was doing good, but just not at the level that he was when he started. I mean, he did that two years in a row. Yeah. I honestly don't think he's going to have a down year this year. I, I don't think that's possible. No, they, no. they just paid him. They finally yeah, did. Yeah, I, I don't see him having a bad year. I just, I think he's a talented wide receiver. I just think he... Uh... I'd be, He'd be way ahead of Antonio Brown to me. Because I think okay. the fact that Antonio Brown's on the Raiders and the fact that John Gruden's still there and they just came off a pretty bad season where they didn't really know how to utilize their wide receivers... Um, I don't know, man. I know you could just toss it up to Antonio Brown and he can have a phenomenal game and a phenomenal year and he can still put up 1,300 uh, yards, but I don't know, man. I think I'd rather take the established guy, the guy that just got paid, the guy's going to be the franchise guy, rather than Antonio Brown who's starting up in a new place and he's probably going to find – you're going to see some issues this year. He's going to have some postseason interviews that are going to be questionable. There's going to be a lot of drama in that locker room. We're going to get into them in a second, but uh, yeah, I'd take Adam Thielen way over him. Um, and then Odell Beckham comes next. How hard are you guys on Odell Beckham this year playing with Baker Mayfield? He's going to have to share the ball with guys like Juice Landry, Callaway, and you know Najoku's probably going to get some more usage. Probably not as much, but now that that guy who complains after every single play for not getting the ball, and as a Giants fan, you could even see it on film. He puts his hands up, and then he just kind of just like you know gets so angry about it. Um, what do you think now since you know him and Baker are going to have a pretty good relationship and? You know, Kitch is a good offensive coordinator. 
uh, and now head coach, do you think he has a great year like he did with the Giants, regardless if he was with Eli or, you know? Uh, I, I like the pick. I mean, especially for a second-round pick, I think that's great value. This um, is a third. Oh, then even better. Yeah, 18th and the third. Yeah, I was – um, yeah, no, I think Odell's going to do nothing but get better this year. Um, he, you know, he's got the uh, better supporting cast around him. You know, he's got juice to take the edge off. He's <laughs> – He's got, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's got um, like like you said, those other targets. Callaway as a three guy. Callaway yeah. is Callaway is a borderline guy. like one B like one. Yeah, if you have this, he's young. He's still got to develop, but he's your three guy. Like if you think about that, you're not hurting for targets. You're giving Baker the best possible scenario for a second year guy. Yeah. You can't really ask for more. Um. So I expect big things out of that offense. Uh, I mean, sure. At this point, we don't really know whether or not they're going to have Kareem Hunt, or or not. But well, he, uh, he's suspended for how many games again? Six, I think. Six, six or eight. So they're going to have Chubb for the first couple games. Who's but fine. even still, they, they, Chubb had essentially a thousand yards in his first year. The, yeah, you had nothing to worry about as far as the offense goes. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, it's I just, mean, yeah, I, I think there's I think, a lot of mouths to feed there. I think what's going to happen, to be honest, or what I would do if I was in that situation, like I was, you know, piloting that offense, what I would do is last year Jarvis showed that he can throw, so they would give him little passes, and he would throw to, like, either Baker, or he would throw to all the receivers, he'd throw to the running backs. And obviously last year we saw that Odell was doing that with Saquon, and he threw, I think, one or two touchdowns, and he can pass. I think that they could use Odell in that sense as well, other than just a receiver, I think they could use him as kind of like that that threat to throw down the field, and he's he's a playmaker. But you know he's not going to want to be that guy. He's not one to take chances for the team like that. Like no, He doesn't want to spread the field. He wants to spread the field and get the ball. I know, but I'm just saying I think that – but it could also go the other way. They could give it to Jarvis and have him throw to, to, to Odell. They, they both can throw. So I feel like it would be cool to see some trick plays coming out of them. I, th- I think it would be a smart – little incorporation into that offense because you have two wide receivers that can throw and it's hard enough to find one wide receiver that actually throws the ball so yeah i just wanted to mention chris you called it before the podcast started that we're always recording when it's raining and i, I can clearly hear it in my headphones yeah. and these are noise canceling <laughs> so yeah uh don't mind the noise everyone that's listening but it's um down. yeah definitely coming down hard uh but yeah so the 19 i'm gonna only talk about the next couple picks because this is how it's kind of outlined now for every draft um, but Leonard Fournette went 19, which I'm not high at him at all this year. No, no not at no, all. No, I, I'm not. I wouldn't be comfortable putting him that high. His rookie season, I don't think that's ever going to happen again. He had a fa- fantastic rookie season, but now I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but David Johnson fell to me at the 20th pick, and I think that's the biggest steal of the draft because the fact that Travis Kelsey went 8th, don't expect that to happen in any other draft. But uh, the 21st pick, Joe Mixon, T. White Hilton at 22, Dalvin Cook at 23, Nick Chubb at 24, and... Uh, you know, Mike Evans went 25, Amari Cooper 26. What do you guys think of Amari Cooper coming into this year? Is he now a number one receiver? Because when every single year when I see Amari Cooper on the board, I'm always like, oh, he's the number one receiver over there in Oakland. I should might as well take him. He's going to be my everyday go-to wide receiver. Now he's in Dallas, and he had a pretty fantastic year being yeah. traded midseason. So. I think he, he – last year, obviously, he was kind of, you know, filling that role as number one. But didn't they pick up Randall Cobb? Uh, Dallas did, yeah, I forgot yeah, about so, that So that's going to be, I don't know who you're really going to say Me personally, I would prefer Randall Cobb over 
Amari Cooper. Oh, that's a hot take. But I mean, I don't. Matt, what do you think of that? What with Randall Cobb? Randall Randall Cobb. He prefers Randall Cobb over Amari Cooper. I said that's the really really hot take. Mm. This shouldn't even well, be a thought. Amari Cooper, one hundred percent. Amari Cooper is a one receiver, and Randall Cobb is behind Devontae. That's that's the main concern. You know, like well, what I, do you mean? Because you know Amari Cooper is the primary receiver in Dallas. And Randall Cobb is in Dallas now. This is news to me. <laughs> I'm like, where is I, he going with this? I uh, yeah yeah okay. he got he got no, signed said, to a one year deal. All right, with well, Dallas. I, was, I was I was not aware of that. Yeah, um, and he, but he said he would take in that case, he would no, take Randall Cobb over Amari Cooper. In that case, no, I would definitely take Amari Cooper. You started thinking about it. I'm like, Matt, what are you doing, Doc? I know. This is a no brainer. I was like, wait a minute. Does he know that he got traded? Yeah, I no, did not. No. no, he signed there. Actually, I don't think he got traded. No, yeah, I think he did sign. Yeah, but I mean, me personally, I just think Amari Cooper. He's younger. And he had a good year last year with Dallas, but I mean, he's their number one. You can't tell me. I, no, take I think Randall he's going to be their number one. But I'm saying I would rather. I think there's going to be more consistent production in terms of fantasy out of Randall Cobb than there's going to be out of Mark Cooper. Here's my last question about fantasy. I'm going to stop here naming picks because this is one of the most ridiculous drafts I've been in. I'll say it again. How early do you take Patrick Mahomes? Because you know people are going to be picking him like fourth. I'm fifth surprised round. he wasn't a top ten pick. No, that's ridiculous. I'm surprised. If you're quarter quarterback shouldn't go that. Yeah, no, no, no. Our our group, we're pretty good at not filling up our roster with things we don't need at the moment. Obviously, you fill up the running backs, the wide receivers, the flexes, and you know you do that for your bench too. And then come the later rounds, you start getting quarterbacks. But that's now changing because Pat Mahomes put up an MVP caliber year, was the MVP, and. People want that on their team. It was kind of like that year where Cam Newton was MVP. Mm-hmm. The ne- the following year, everyone was trying to pick him early. So how early is too early to pick Patrick Mahomes? Round four. Round four? Way I, too I early. Think, I think fifth round. That happened have, in this draft. The 30th if, pick was Patrick Mahomes. If you have a few good players that you, you're feeling comfortable about, you know, your, your starters on uh, after, after, after four rounds, I, th- I think – if he's available, it wouldn't be a terrible move to pick him. Yeah, it wouldn't be the worst, but you really got to have an established running back yeah, and wide oh, receiver ab- before then. But I don't know. You have to feel very comfortable in what you already have in the first four rounds. You I mean, know what happened? The, you know what happened the following year that Cam Newton was MVP. Our buddy Melvin chose him first he overall. Played, he played trash. Yeah. He did not do well at all. Yeah, no. But see, okay, this is what I'm thinking. I would, I'd obviously an established running back. I would take an established running back. Receivers are obviously important, but but you definitely got to know if you if you have the running back wide receiver and you draft Pat Mahomes early, you're gonna end up with some like wide receiver threes type well like, okay. people to fill up those second yeah, but, spots. But I think if you do three running backs, like you have obviously an RB one, RB two, and then you put a running back in as your flex, I think that's more effective than you know having all these receivers because receivers can only do as much as their quarterback gives them. Obviously, running backs can only do as much as their offensive coordinator lets them run, but they could run and they could catch, and it also depends on your league if it's a PPR or not. But I like, I'd prefer running backs to have more established running backs than I would more established receivers. Like, I'd rather have better running backs and, you know, like solid, like pretty good, solid. I would, I would almost draft one receiver out of every four running backs that's on the board. 
Because running backs can put up 20 for you, and you can have yeah. another guy put up 15. And if your wide receivers put up max seven points, you still have a good chance at winning exactly. that week. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think of, for our league, to have two flex instead of defenses? I wouldn't say instead of defenses. What well, what was it before? What was my pitch this year? I said something about two flexes instead of a. Did you say instead of a tight end? Is that what you said? I think tight. Yeah, tight end. Because there's only three tight ends this year. You can really pick. Jared Cook had a pretty good year. Travis Kelsey is unanimous from the one pick. Gronk yeah. retired. George Kittle is probably another pick. Yeah. What what's after that? You got Evan Ingram who had there's a pretty some, there's some bad new guys. year. What? There's some new guys. There's some new guys like Font and Hawkinson, Hawkinson. but. I'm tired of tight ends, dude. Like, if you're going to put up three points for me every week, well, uh, I'd rather have another flex. And and in the yes. flex, you could still pick tight ends. It's yeah. just up to you if you want to do that. And yeah. I think that spices things up a little bit. I like that move I, I could I could agree to that. Yeah. I think it's also a better... I spoke with Mark. He's not a fan of that idea. It's a different... Because Mark gets, like, five tight ends. Yeah. He's the king of tight ends. He gets last like year Greg he had Greg Olson. Olson. Last year he had Greg Olson. Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker. No, no, no. I think last year he had... Uh, Jordan Reed riding the bench. That's another reason I want to get rid of tight ends, by the way, because every year it's like, oh, he's going to be fired this year. No, he's not. He's going to be out half the season. Uh, but he had Zach Ertz, him, and I think he picked up Greg Olson at some point. Yeah, he picks up like every single tight end. And now I really want to see how different the league would be if we had two flex instead of tight end. But yeah. I, could, I could definitely agree. With I, that. I could yeah, agree I'd to rather that. that. I'd rather do that. Who's and, the and commissioner exactly. of this league, by the way? And exactly. You he, better change it and don't even get no, his but, idea. But Mark could still put in a tight end. Yeah, well, that's fine. That's if what I'm saying. That's that, so, why, so why does it matter? That's what I'm saying. If you're Because he allowed... wants that designated position no. not to be able to put a running back or wide receiver. He wants to put a tight end there. He also is the kid that could never put the right running back in. No. So listen, this would have helped listen, him. Listen, now that, that if there's two flexes, he can put two tight ends. That's what I'm saying. And he doesn't like that idea because he wants everyone to have a tight end to put up two points. Yeah. Every week, mm, no. oh, that just makes me so mad thinking about it. But, <laughs> yeah, at, the same, but at the same that, time, that was a tactic for him. Everybody same- else would have a crap running back, a crap tight end, and he would have <laughs> all these. He would just—he he was like a hoarder of tight ends, just so nobody else could have. Them. I'd rather have Alvin Kamara, <laughs> David Johnson, if he somehow lands on me, Miles Sanders, or you know, someone at, at flex, and then put some other wide receiver at the other flex instead of yeah. having to put a tight end. I don't like tight ends. Yeah. I, I mean, on fantasy. Like, I don't fantasy, have anything against, against the people. Yeah, it but just, now <laughs> Gronk's out. It kind of limits people. it. Yeah, they're, they're good people. They they block and they catch. They're very good people. Bro, that makes me really excited to play f- fantasy. I'm excited this year. Yeah, it's going to be a good season. By the way, I'm the winner. I'm excited, but you know why? Because we're doing a snake, right? Snake pick? Yeah. yeah I get the always. double picks. Let's go. Well, Right? Yeah. Is that the, yeah. Okay. If you're, you're the, yeah, you won. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do some more mock drafts at the was apex. That, that, did I lose you in the championship? You did. All right, so I, I'm I, I'm in the seventh slot. And you were the nervous birds, and I changed mine to nervous turds, and that strove me to victory. But, yeah. Okay. My team was so good. I had C.J. Anderson on the bench. I, I in have, the playoffs. I have a something I want to ask. Sure. If uh, if we made like a PPR league, would you keep tight ends in? Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say I feel like that's a that's a fair like I don't want to do PPR. I'd rather do separate leagues though. Like, yeah, I we did say, two I different like, leagues. Do a PPR I feel like that I'll would be PPR like a league. fair. Yeah, that's fine. Um, trade off. You guys would probably sun me in that because I don't even know how to, like the way I w- w- the way we play yeah, you is know standard. What, you know, it'd be really so I ambitious. pick every good player. Now yeah. so you got to pick a guy that gets ten receptions. And so you got to like, get like an Edelman, whereas you might not be picking him. You'd obviously like we said like Hopkins, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Odell. Those are the first guys, but you know. 
Julian Edelman might be now one of those top guys because he gets 10 receptions, 15 receptions a game. If we're feeling really ambitious about fantasy leagues, we could do an IDP league. What is that? Independent Defensive Player League, where you have a defense. Oh, I've, I have oh. one like that. Defensive position. Well, I yeah, have one Yeah, like I know that. those leagues. Like, it's kind of like you have your regular, like, Ben Roethlisberger, Saquon Barkley, but, like, you could have... You'll you have could, the entire. You thing. could have Luke Keekley at at somewhere in the lineup, right? Nasty no, no, on you my have the entire attack. offense like normal, and then you have DN, D tackle, linebacker, safety, cornerbacks. That sounds dope, actually. It's a I lot. I like that. It's very yeah, but there is some leagues where you could, you have to put there's like a designated spot for a defensive player. Not sure what that thing is called, but you could put like a defensive end in there. I'll look into it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, dude, I'm excited for fantasy this year, but. To kind of sway out of fantasy for a second. Whoa. Okay, I just got some breaking news here. Um, nothing huge because no deal was done. But former Bucks defensive tackle Gerald McCoy, who just wrapped up a two-day visit with the Rams, which is very rare, um, is slated to visit the Panthers next. No. No. And, no. It, and honestly, he probably has a giant chance of getting signed with them because, for one thing, they got some money. The second thing, they got rid of Julius Peppers, who been, they've been holding on to Didn't for a very long time. He did retire. Yeah. Um, they could use a spot there. and Can't, he has no, the, they, no, no, they don't. They don't need him. I know he's not an end, but I, I think now no, that, that'll okay. be of his, his defensive line. I don't want that. We already have Sue. I don't want McCoy. <laughs> I do not want McCoy. That'll be interesting. Because then they would have the Panthers, then they would have, what's his name, Keekly. And they have him. No. No. No, not a fan. I am not a fan. Who? What was the other team? The Bucks. Did they? Did they pick anybody defensively? Like I don't. I don't know. In the draft? No. Like, have they picked anyone up in free agency? Not necessarily. Yeah. So then JPP is out for the season. So. Yeah. Just I don't know. I don't want. I don't want him there. It's okay. I don't know, man. If well, that happens, I'm telling you. Thank God, our team drafted offensive lineman in the draft. If that happens, because we would have Sue and. Having to deal with him as well again. Oh, no. All right. So, yeah, so that's happening now. I'm very excited to see where Joe McCoy goes because he's a very talented player. He's on NFL Top 100 each and every year, and that dude's always entertaining to watch on and off the field. So, it's official, Chris. And we talked about this on the show uh, when the other Matt was here, that what if the what if this happened? The Raiders' locker room has Antonio Brown. They signed perfect. And then Incognito was working out for them. He finally gets signed to a one-year deal with the Raiders. We thought this probably couldn't have been a possibility. It could have been, but they they officially signed him. And apparently, Mike Mayock came out and said um, to like reporters and stuff at, at OTAs that this is a deal that is a prove-it deal. Mind you, this guy came out of retirement to come back. So you're meaning to tell me this is a prove-it deal? So he's going to get another extension after this year if he does well? I don't know, man. That locker room is going to be completely insane. Because, again, this guy has racism issues in the locker room. Perfect is a very aggressive guy. Oh, Antonio Brown has, you they know, you know he has the biggest like ego in the league. So It's going to be a mess. Honestly, we spoke about this before. We said if that if that happens and he gets signed, they have to be on hard knocks. They should be on hard knocks. Now they have to, to be They now. should be on hard knocks. They yeah. should be. I mean, the other, another thing that I read about it is they, um, just like someone's take, was they were saying, oh, well, maybe he... Got signed is more of you know to toughen up these offensive linemen during OTAs and everything. It was uh, I mean they're not saying that they're not going to sign him. They're just saying you know it could be that they're trying to toughen up that offensive line and kind of you know 
get them in better shape and by adding him that might be more of like a wake-up call and he might have he might be more of like a veteran presence than necessarily a, a starter and mind you this didn't come at no cost they ended up having to cut another lineman i forgot his name but you bring this guy in you really you really want this guy to be in the locker room and here's exactly what mike mayock said so he said we've signed him to a one-year prove-it deal and that means both on and off the field um mayock said incognito impressed the staff during his workout with the team a few weeks ago so they're really high on this guy. And he's a phenomenal lineman. But the fact that you're going to you're going to have to handle all those personalities on top of John excuse me, John Gruden, that's going to be a lot to handle. And let me list off some teams here. So Hard Knocks, a Hard Knocks announcement is due soon and a reminder of the five teams that are ineligible to say no. 49ers, Giants, Lions, Raiders, Redskins. The only two teams I'd want to see out of this bunch is the Raiders and the Giants. Yeah, I was going to say that. Any too. other team, I honestly think they're going to lose viewership on on HBO. So, I don't know. They honestly better pick. They better choose right here. And if it's the Giants, I'll be watching very closely. Should be the Raiders. Should be the Raiders. Yeah, that's what I think too. But I agree with your comment with the two teams I'd want to see. Me too. I honestly think it would be even better publicity for them. Like, you know how a lot of people like are little, they get a lot of criticism for the people that they sign and John Gruden sign that giant contract for him to be there for 10 years and people aren't a fan of him if he could somehow win over the audience and then antonio brown is on there and you know we he has a nice personality on camera sometimes <laughs> and but and then you have perfect there and if you really see all these guys bonding and then Derek carr is kind of the peacemaker when it comes to everything um i think it could be really solid for them i think people will really start changing their minds about the raiders if they are on hot hard knocks so i don't know it should be interesting I really hope the Raiders make it, man. But uh, other news going on around the league. So this was a pretty big one. So the Broncos and cornerback Chris Harris, Chris Harris Jr., um, have agreed to a new one-year $12.05 million deal for the 2019 season. Uh, both sides are happy, and Harris is back with the team. Harris was originally scheduled to make $8.9 million. So worth, worth every cent. Worth every cent because Chris Harris is a phenomenal player. But he he apparently wasn't on good terms with the team at the moment because he wants a longer-term deal. So he gets the one-year deal, and it's a lot of money, but that's what you pay for that guy. And so apparently both sides are very happy with the contract. But does this mean the Broncos are in pursuit of him to extend? Because, again, they lost to Lieb. He's kind of – that's his – you know, that's his field now when he's on defense. And obviously they have a pretty solid uh, defensive line in Chubb and Von Miller. Um but now you, you you bring Chris Harris back is really good for the team. Do you think this is the type of deal where all right, we're going to give you your money if you decide to stay with us next year? Cool, but that that the one year deal definitely sig signifies that you know we couldn't agree to a longer term deal right now, but we'll give you the money you're asking for for the one year. Do you think he sticks around or do you think he heads out? I would bet on him staying. Staying, I, th I think I don't think the Broncos have anyone else to pay right now. Again, you got the Von Miller on his contract. You got Bradley Chubb on his rookie contract. Why not keep Chris Harris yeah, come next year? They've got some time where they can afford to you know, spread it around a bit. Oh yeah, definitely. But, you know they they don't have to worry about you know cap for at least another couple of years. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, I think that it would he should want the long term deal, but I don't think the Broncos should give it to him. I think that he's starting to get 
towards the end of his Oh, he's on his downfall for yeah. sure. But he's, at he's the same time at the same time, defensive backs like him are very hard to come by. They definitely are, but I mean I, I just feel that a long term deal as we're seeing in the this offseason, the past offseason, they're like, you know, four or five multi million dollar deals. And I, I just feel like you're gonna do something where you're gonna give him, let's say, like a three or four year deal, and you're gonna give him all this money. I feel like you'll be lucky if you know after two years he's still producing those numbers. I feel like he's gonna really start to to go downhill. And that's not anything against him. I'm just saying he's starting to get older, and I feel like he's now gutting out of that prime time of his career. What would you say to people that think this contract is underpaid? For one year, that's a good chunk of change. I think that's fine for one year, especially if he was going to make basically nine million dollars. I think he's fine. I think he's fine too. I think but, that, uh, I think that's a perfectly reasonable. I, I would contract. bet that this is the last year, though. Probably, if they couldn't agree on a long term. That's deal what I'm at that saying. Time. I I don't I don't see them giving him something else because I don't know. he's that. looking for a massive contract. Exactly, and I don't see. I mean, the team that's going to give him that is a team that's really looking. To, like you know, they're desperate. Yes, that's desperate. I don't see the Broncos doing that. I don't know, man. If if. They're they're not going to look good for defensive backs. I don't know who they drafted this year in the later rounds, um, but I honestly I don't, I don't think that they're going to be too solid over there. So I think they're going to do their best efforts to try to keep him, um, but we'll see what happens. But some more contract details on him. It was a one-year deal that includes $9.8 million salary um, that was already on the books. Uh, so he's going to get that money. Plus a 650k workout bonus. Imagine getting 650 thousand dollars just for working out, um, and a 600 thousand uh, dollar roster bonus just for being on the roster. Uh, that totals to 11.05 million. Add the one million option uh, that was already paid, and it gets Harris to 12.05. A lot of that just comes from just being in in the facility. Yeah, but I feel like I understand. Obviously, they want to bring him back, but like. It, it to me it sounds like they're just kind of throwing away money like oh you're you're lifting weights here you go here's some here's some money you're 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 just here like here's money I get that you want to bring him back and I'm not against them bringing him back I believe that was the best option but it's just kind of like why are you just throwing this money like it, I, I get it like I said you know you don't want to keep him on a long term deal because they may feel the same way as I feel where he's towards the end of his prime you don't want to give him a four or five year con- year contract. Because, uh, you know, he might not be able to produce, and then you have to give him that money. But, I don't know. I think it's just it's just funny. Yeah. Um, so, other league news. Not much left. But uh, the Saints signed former Ravens running back Javorius Buck Allen. Um, so, it's probably pretty much an even exchange between the two. And it, it was not really an exchange, but... Mark Ingram goes to the, the Ravens. Uh, Buck Allen was originally with the, with the, uh, the Ravens. Now he's on the Saints... Um, what do you guys think of this signing? And do you think that takes the edge off of Alvin Kamara a little bit? Because now Alvin Kamara is acting as the number one guy. Um, he was already the number one guy. It just wasn't ever like definitive. Like, this guy's going to get the carries every single down. He kind of made the most out of every single carry he got or whatever catch he made. But now, officially, Alvin Kamara is getting the ball three times out of four for a lot of downs. Um, do you think Buck Allen is a pretty good number two to him rather than Mark Ingram? Um, the thing with Ingram is, is his age. I mean, we're talking about a guy who what, has been in the league over a decade now. Look at the details. Yeah. And, uh, you know, 
in a league where running backs average career is probably what like two three years you know it's a it's that's pretty impressive like and now but, he's going to a place where he's gonna have to run all the time yeah yeah and 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 when you take that into account you know like he was perfect for that backup role because you have this young new guy who's you know taking the league by storm in Camara, and you know he's he's the lead back you come in you know clean up play uh play, play clean up and now that he's gone uh, you got this other other guy in uh, from the Ravens, Allen, right? Yeah, yeah. You get Allen in, and you, basically all he has to do is is take the reins that Ingram was was uh, was was doing. I I think you know if you're introducing a running back to a new offense, like that's probably the best position he could be in. Is to, you know not not a lot of responsibility, just just. You know, have this uh, have this workhorse running back in Kamara set you up, you you clean you play cleanup, you know. I think he'll it, it's it, he'll, he'll integrate be fine. fine because yeah. it's not a hard way to integrate. Definitely into not. Offense. Yeah, I think he's gonna be fine. I just feel like I like Book Allen. He's a pretty solid definitely, player. I think it's gonna change their offensive scheme though because they're you had Ingram, in, Buck Allen and Ingram are not the same kind of running back in the sense that. Ingram was like that big, you know, bowling ball kind of running back. He just ran people over. Well, he also did catch out of the backfield. They threw, he, he they threw a lot. So he, I don't think it changes their game plan as much I, as you think. But I'm just saying, I, I feel like they have two, I, I'm going to say similar. They're not, I don't literally mean similar, like in terms of talents and all that, but two, like, body type similar running backs. It, it's different when you have a big body and a speed back, and then when you have two speed backs. I feel like Kamara, I feel like Kamara's going to have to do more. Yeah, probably. That's Which is why like. he's on t- literally right after Barkley. I would take Kamara. Yeah, I, I think he's, <laughs> he's going to do more. Um, I think. Do you guys think he's going to be that goal line running back? Or you think it's going to be Buck Allen? No, I don't think that's a question. You don't think it's going to be Buck Allen? No, um, but Buck Allen is going to get his fair share. I think so. Where do you think he's going to get his looks then? Like, what do you think? He's Out gonna- of the backfield, like passing. You just think, like, mostly passing. Yeah, I think Kamara's actually going to be the bowling ball, like, you know, bruising back that he doesn't look like he is, but he, he has the speed, and he runs like he has Vaseline all over him. People just can't tackle him. So I, I think he's going to have a pretty solid year. Um, so immediately after recording last week, I found out Benjamin Watson was caught. Um, he failed the drug test. I think it was for PEDs, I think. Yeah. So he's done for... Four games, something like Four that. Four or six, I don't remember the exact. My question number. is, I'm so confused. This dude has been in the league forever. Retired briefly. Yeah. Yeah. And he comes back and he immediately is on the juice. Why would he do something like this? This is a little bit of a yeah, question mark, it's, it's, in my it's, opinion. It's very odd. Yeah, very odd. And now, I guess for the first four games, I wasn't expecting Benjamin Watson to really put in some work, but now they also have ASJ over there and. Uh, yeah, in um, New it, England. Was it PEDs or was it like something like that, or was it? That's like, what I'm unsure it about. It was because it, it was, say, or was it like an illegal substance in terms of like? No, it was PEDs. Drugs or something. It was PEDs. That is interesting. Yeah. Because I was gonna say, you know, if it was some drugs, like okay, maybe if he didn't know he was gonna be resigned, he's living his life in retirement, having fun, mm-hmm. and then it's like, okay, well, crap, you know, now he got he got rehired, but PEDs, yeah, that's interesting. Why would you? Assuming he wasn't on this the This is literally floor, probably his why, last year. Why would he take it when he's not even... He was already retired. And yeah. He comes back and he's already using this stuff. Yeah. Doesn't make much I sense I mean, ma- maybe me. that's what gave him the the drive to 
come back. Maybe he figured, oh, you know, with this, I could maybe last another year. Yo, Patri- yeah, probably. But Patriots going to be a very interesting team this year because now you're not going to use your tight ends as much. Sonny Michelle is a pretty great running back. Uh, Julian Edelman signed that two-year deal. And then Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry. Oh, he's already working out with Tom Brady like at his house, so you already know it's a wrap. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what those it, guys it, have it in store. It is going to be a different kind of my, uh, team, though. Cause especially since no Gronk. Yeah, especially since Bill Belichick is their acting defensive coordinator now. That, too. That's going to be insane. And the last time he did that, I think, it was when he made it to the Super Bowl with uh, – the Giants. I think he was the acting defensive coordinator I was then say, too. What, what time? Because he made it like twenty times. Yeah, so. he did make it twenty times. <laughs> um, not sure what else is going on here. Jets are still looking for their GM, so we're probably going to expect to see some there. Uh, Nick Foles is in out isn't at OTA for personal you know, reasons. Yes, yeah. personal reasons. So prayers up to him. I want to see him play this year. Excited. And excited to see Foles. What's up? Excited. To see I'm excited Foles. to see Foles. He's going to turn that team around. I think. I think defense is going to want to play behind that guy. And I know he's on offense, but no one wanted to play for Bortles. So they'll rally. Yeah, should be interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't have much else here. Really quick, I just want to know. Um, since it seems like we're wrapping up, I just mm-hmm. want to know. Um, how how do you feel about Josh Rosen in this new environment? I honestly feel bad for the guy because he's in a weird <laughs> he, he's in a weird position right now because <clears throat> you've spoken about this before. I was really hoping the Giants got him. Mm-hmm. They didn't. I think that would have been his best case scenario, and now it's not. Um, he goes over to Miami. They said they ship him over there. He's behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. <sighs> I, I don't. I don't know, man. The, he's How not long g- before he's starting. I think midseason. 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 He's going to be starting. But um, again, that's another. That's another team that's really not too great. Yeah. Now let but, me ask you. What What if we see in Miami, assuming that? Oh, I know what you're going, and I'm going to stop you right there. Rosen doesn't do too well. They have a pretty good upcoming QB draft class, right? So Herbert comes no. in. Is that where you're going? No, that's All right, because we talked about that too, and that's a possible scenario okay. that could happen. Well, what I was saying is Fitzpatrick is the anticipated starter. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Now He's their bridge guy, yeah, even though if, they have if, the guy now. If you'll if you'll recall, uh, at the early onset of last season, uh, Fitzpatrick was the starter for the Bucks. Yeah. And he was killing it. He was killing it because he doesn't care. Yeah. So if he has if he pulls a little Fitz magic, you know, to start out the season, they're not they're not going to put Rose in it. They're not going to put Rose in no, it. No, they're going to keep him in for a good amount of time. Yeah. Even though the Fitz magic's going to wear off just like it did last year, and I think they're just delaying the inevitable by playing this guy who they know is not their future when they just traded for this guy who could potentially be their future. If he goes off for 400 yards the first three games, this dude is absurd he should never retire because yeah. he could honestly sign anywhere for one year he's been around the league already he doesn't have anything to prove he's not going to make any money he's not like gonna. i went to harvard i've done my thing already yeah. and, but but yeah what what do you what do you think of this scenario you know how rosen ends up in this scenario in this situation where kyler murray's in the draft one of the best quarterbacks in the draft and in a very you know for for his caliber he goes to the Cardinals, new head coach, very weird situation. So they got to get they got to get rid of Josh Rosen, right? Yes. They do it. Send him over to Miami. They get rid of Ryan Tannehill and you know, they pretty much reset everything. Now they have these two guys come in, Ryan Fitzpatrick and uh Josh Rosen. And Josh Rosen inevitably inevitably is going to be their guy for the future cuz he's a young guy. Of course. And he was a top player in the draft as well in his his respective draft. But here's the thing. You have Tua coming out, then you have <laughs> Justin Herbert coming out. And who else is coming out? Jake Fromm's coming out. Uh, Lawrence Lawrence. is coming out, too. Trevor Lawrence. So what if they suck it up this year, which is a big possibility? Trevor Lawrence, I think, is two years away. 
uh, probably two years. I, I think he's too young because he, he was just yeah. a true freshman. So I think he's just gonna yeah. play changed. it out. Probably win a Heisman and then you know get drafted one overall. But what if the Dolphins end up with that top pick, like the number two pick or three pick, wherever Tua lands, and they're just like, well, we got to take him now. And then Josh Rosen, that Josh Rosen scenario happens all over again. We've talked about this before. I, That's a big possibility. I would just send him like a box of chocolate. Tua was protected, projected <laughs> to be the horrible. fourth. He's projected to be the fourth pick in the draft already, according to Mel Kiper. I just, I would feel terrible for Josh Rosen. What, I, is, what does I, he do? Honestly? I, I would just buy a ton of his jerseys just so he makes a lot of commission off of it. I would feel horrible for him. You know what I want to see happen? <laughs> I hope that happens and they take Tua or something like that because, like, oh, what do we do with Rosen now? They oh, da- Daniel Jones is awful. Send him to the Giants and we send Daniel Jones over to the Bengals and he'll they'll suck it up for the next couple of years. He'll be Andy Dalton number two, you know? So I, I think that would be best case scenario. But, yeah. You, have, you guys have anything else to add? Yeah, I was gonna talk Yankees. Uh, I don't yeah, feel I was like just about anymore. to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like w- what is there to talk about? How the Yankees' second team is is killing it. That's what I wanted for, to talk for about. Some reason I thought we haven't talked about baseball on the show, so I was kind of like, yeah, but, yeah. But, uh, can, but can, we, we could do a dedicated show about that. Yeah, probably another thing? time. Yeah, sure. Before we go to baseball, I well, I'm not gonna go to baseball. Oh, <laughs> we'll do that another show. All right. Uh, I just wanted to say how um, the NFL. P- Players NFL Association. PA, yeah. yeah, he sent out an email to a lot of agents, and there's a very good chance there's going to be a lockout after the 2020 season, I believe it is. Oh, that's going to be awful. So that's. But how does that even come about? I think there's just disagreements. Like this or this early. Last time that happened, uh, a kicker won MVP. Yeah. So no, maybe. Wait, what was the kicker that won? He was, he was a kicker on the Redskins. Oh, I I don't remember his name. I know who you're talking about. He won the Super Bowl, to be fair. (laughs) But still, yeah, it was a blowout blowout Super Bowl. I think he, I think he went like that. That means the the XFL is gonna thrive. Didn't miss. He missed. I think he missed like one. Yeah. Um. That means everyone's just gonna go to the XFL. Yeah. Like whoever like isn't signed. They were saying that the issues were kind of like. Like one or two of the things that they were coming to disagreements with was the uh, franchise tag, which we've obviously talked about. Dude, if that goes obsolete, I will trademark this show and keep that under my under my thing. Like it's yeah. gonna be my phrase, yeah, franchise so, tag. So that was one of the things, and then that fifth year rookie option that they pick up, like you can decline or yeah. pre- or like exercise yeah. or whatever. Those were like two of the things I believe I read that they said that they were having disagreements with. Those aren't hard decisions. Franchise tags are awful. I just think yeah. I chose that name for the show because it's one of the most interesting things in the NFL. The fact that you can franchise tag a guy for three years and not pay him, especially when like Kirk Cousins and like Le'Veon Bell, him. you're still paying him for sure. But the fact that a guy could sit out because he's like, you're not giving me my money because I'm going to get injured. Same thing I'll, with Earl Thomas. I'll do yeah. it. If I get hired to get a job after school and they're just like, we're going to franchise tag you. I'll be like, all right, I'm going to lock out and you're still going to pay me millions. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> you get franchise tag three years in a row. Are you dipping? Like Kirk yes. Cousins? Yes. Yeah. Probably, right? Well, the thing, is, after the th- thing is, after, after three one. years. After, <laughs> after one? After one, I'm out. After three years of getting franchise tagged, they have to pay you a lot if they want to keep they you. They let go of Kirk Cousins because they didn't want to pay but yeah, him. Yeah, but, but that's what I'm saying. After one year, like, okay. If they want to keep you. I would I would yeah. accept it after one year. It's a, maybe, it's a compliment. Maybe there's problems. Maybe it's like, okay, we just paid this person or whatever. There's unforeseen things. Fine, I'll there's give it to you. There's a good way to franchise tag someone. It's like, I'll oh, give it to you. 
But if if you like, you know, kind of what they were gonna do to Demarcus Lawrence, where they were trying to do it again, and he was just like, I'm Demarcus Lawrence, like, I'm not he, coming. Yeah, exactly, to practice. I'm not having it. I don't blame him. I would not want to just keep. <laughs> that was his first time being it. tagged, though. Wait, right? Or they no, tagged him the year no, before? No, they've tagged him before. Oh, so yeah, that's when you kind of get pissed. Yeah. The first year, I get franchise tagged if I was an NFL player. That's I'm signing fine. that contract so fast because they're giving you like 14 mil for one year. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I would take it the first year, but then after that, it's kind of like, all right, if I'm trying to be on a team, I don't want to keep having to have like these prove-it years. Yeah. But I've, imagine sitting out a full year like Le'Veon Bell did and you lose out on $13 million. Well, he also lost out on his cleats. Oh, yeah, you're <laughs> right. The they took his took cleats, him. yeah. Bud Dupree took him. Yeah. Bud Dupree, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah. Franchise, tag, franchise tags are one of the most interesting things in the NFL. It just doesn't make sense. It, it, does, it does make sense. It does, but it doesn't. But it doesn't. It was intended for, I feel, good use, but it's been taken advantage of. For sure. Anything else you have to add on franchise tag? No. I think that's it. I think that's it. All right, so we can wrap it up here. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. Thanks to Matt for coming out, by Th- the way. Thank you again. Um, taking Chris's spot. Chris, your look out. Your job's going to be taken soon. Um, I'm franchise tagged. <laughs> yeah, you are for another year. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening again. Um, you could listen to our podcast every week on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you stream your podcast. And if you listen to it on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave a review and rating. We'd really appreciate it. It helps out the show. You could follow us on Twitter at Franchise Tag Pod and Instagram at Franchise Tag Sports. We post a lot of uh, snippets from the episodes on there, so make sure to check those out. Um, and on Twitter, we give you guys the latest updates on what's going on around the league as well as when new episodes come out. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel at uh, the Franchise Tag Sports Podcast. Again, I upload more snippets there. What's going on in the show? Camera turned off mid-episode, which I was kind of expecting to happen. Um, but hopefully I can get something out of it. So expect some you know, more clips to come out on there. It's one of my favorite things to do for the podcast now. Other than that, that, that's going to wrap it up here. Thank you guys for listening. (laughs) 